0: Welcome to the Light of God's Word broadcast, a broadcast that shines the light of God's Word through expositional teaching of the Word of God. This broadcast is a ministry of Lighthouse Independent Baptist Church in Lewisburg, Tennessee. You can find out more information about our church at www.lewisburglighthouse.com. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and spending it here with us on the broadcast. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, and we're going to begin in verse number 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if many man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple Ye are. Now, on our last broadcast, we began talking about the ministry of watering, of working, and of warning. And one of the challenges that Christians face often is a wrong view about the church leadership, about ministry in respect to the church leadership. And the Christians in Corinth had developed these strong loyalties to different leaders in the church. And unfortunately, instead of bringing the church together, of course, it separated the church and caused divisions. We find the same thing taking place even now in the time which we live. And so last week, we looked at the fact that leaders are merely servants. And Paul said it this way in verse 5, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? Our names don't matter, is what he's saying, but we're ministers uh, of the Lord, and it's the Lord that matters. It's God's church. He planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase, and he goes on to say that, hey, the person that plants and the person that waters isn't anything special, but it's rather God that gives the increase. Why? Because they work together as ones. They're called by God in order to be labors together with God as God's husbandry, as God's uh, building. And so one of the things that it means for us today is the church belongs to God, and as leaders, we are merely servants. We're not, we're not to lord over God's heritage, but rather we're servants. And then that brings us to our text today. Let's go ahead and read verse 10. We didn't read that one earlier. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Well, the next thing we need to see here is that the church must be built with care. Having switched from an agriculture to an architectural illustration, Paul says in verse number 10 that God has given unto him grace as a wise master builder. He said he's laid the foundation. Someone else came and built thereon. Now, he says this because Paul had started the church in Corinth. He had planted it, or to use the current illustration, he laid the foundation. And he was able to do so... Because God had given him grace to do so. It wasn't anything of Paul's natural ability that built the church or laid the foundation, but rather God's grace that was given to him. After 18 months, Paul left Corinth, and then Apollos comes along, and Apollos was that someone else. The Bible says, and another buildeth thereupon. This another was Apollos who was now building upon the foundation that Paul laid. Then thinking about the others who will come along in the future, he says, but let every man take heed how he should build thereupon. I think it oftentimes is a church. Oftentimes there is the church planter, and he'll plant the church and sometimes move on. Sometimes we'll stay there for many years, but oftentimes we'll move on, and someone else will come, and they will build thereupon. I think about in our church Uh, My dad was the one who planted the church uh, 26 years ago, and he pastored it for 18 years, and then it was time for him to move out of that position, and the church called me to be their pastor, and and now I'm building upon that foundation. Now, uh, neither he nor I are anything special to speak of, but God has given grace that the church may be strengthened and that the church may grow. And so, one day, I will no longer be in that position, and someone else will come along, and they'll continue to build. And Paul adds here that every person must take heed how they build on the foundation. He explains his reason in verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul had set the foundation of the church in Corinth when he proclaimed the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the Corinthians had believed the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. And so no one should come and try to build something different on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. And oftentimes that's where we get in a mess and that's where we get in trouble, is that we begin to add things to the foundation that are not uh, cohesive with the foundation. Some of the people in the Corinth were exchanging the gospel of Jesus Christ for the wisdom of the world and Paul wanted them to understand that it just wouldn't work. Look at verse 12 and 13. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. These two verses are a conditional statement. A conditional statement is characterized by an if, then statement. So for example, we could say if it rains, that's the if part of the conditional statement, then we won't have a picnic. That is the, the part of the conditional statement. So with that being said, Paul says in effect, if anyone builds on the foundation with certain materials, then their work's going to become manifest. It's going to be revealed on the day of judgment. And Paul points out the quality of must be appropriate to the foundation. Church leaders build either with imperishable materials, such as gold, silver, and precious stones, or with perishable materials, such as wood, hay, and stubble, as we have here in the text. A day of judgment's coming, and how one has built, whether with imperishable or perishable materials, is going to be tested. And how the leader built on the foundation will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test of what sort each work is. Ultimately, the wood, hay, and stubble will burn up and burn up quickly, and gold, silver, and precious stones is simply refined by fire. And so Paul lays out these two possible outcomes for the work of the leaders. If any man's work abide that he builds upon, he shall receive a reward. And, and when a leader is evaluated on the day of judgment and it survives, meaning that his ministry is gathered and perfected, the saints, there will be a reward. But when it's not, uh, it doesn't last, it is burned up, and he has built with those perishable materials, he'll suffer loss. All of it will lead to no reward. So then that leads us to this question What does that mean for us today? What does that mean that we must build the church with care? Well, first of all, uh, we must be careful when building on the work of someone else. Paul had started the church in Corinth, and Apollos came along after him, and he was very careful to build on what Paul had started. And now, I've never planted the church. I'm the second pastor at this church, and I've been very conscious and aware that I'm building on someone else's labors. Uh, my goal has been to continue and to advance the gospel foundation that's been laid so that God's church can continue to grow, continue to flourish, and, if you will, uh, continue to prosper. Leaders have to be careful when they build on someone else's work that they don't try to tear down a work and then build their own, but rather they continue to build thereupon, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And so leaders have to be careful to build according to God's direction and not according to their own designs, and that, that's where the foundation is important. Paul did not lay the church's foundation according to his design, but rather according to God's design. And so when you come in to a foundation that's been built on God's design and God's direction, then you must build upon that foundation with God's design and God's direction. God's given us his blueprint for how he wants his church built. It's called the Bible. And leaders are to build God's church in accordance with the direction that he set forth in his word. As you know, there are two books in, in each of 1 and 2 Samuel. we got 1 and 2 Kings and First and Second Chronicles. And these books tell us about the kings of Israel and Judah. And it's amazing how often it seemed the kings were evil or did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the reason that they were bad is that they did not follow God's directions for leading his people. It was as simple as that. And it's as simple for us to lead it right by simply leading according to God's directions. I think we need to be careful that we make sure we look to God's directions and we follow His directions, not thinking that we know more than God Himself knows. And so, thirdly, a faithful labor does not necessarily mean that it's going to be perceived success. I want to be very clear that sometimes there are ministers who labor faithfully for years and years and years, and on earth they see very little fruit as a result of their labors. Does that mean they've been unfaithful? No. Sometimes ministers and missionaries have have to plow the field of hardened hearts for many years. then someone else may come along and plant in that soil that's now fertile for the gospel, and it begins to flourish. But the reality is, it's not about the perceived results that measures a person's success. It is about their obedience to the direction and to the will of God. And then fourth, I want to say this. This text is about leaders. It's not necessarily speaking specifically of individuals. He's talking about leaders building up the church of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ as the foundation of the church. And then he's referring to how these leaders will come and build upon that foundation, either with with materials that will survive or materials that will perish. And if a leader labors faithfully, the Bible tells us he will receive a reward. The third thing we want to see from this text is the church Is God's temple. Notice verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? The church is not a human institution. It's not a human invention. It's not some just human organization or society. The church is God's temple. It belongs to God. It was designed by God. It is built by God. It's protected by God. It's grown by God. It's where God's spirit dwells. And that's why we have to be so careful. The Bible says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. And the Corinthian leaders needed to preserve the unity of the temple, not destroy it with divisions. And if they divided the fellowship, they divided God's church. They divided his body, his bride. And the Bible tells us it provokes the wrath of God. Now that leads us to our question again. What does that mean for us today? It means that God himself, by his Spirit, dwells with his church. That is the people of God. Saved people have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. And the church is precious to God. It's a living organism empowered by the Holy Spirit himself, and we have to take very special care to make sure that we walk in line with the Spirit, that we carry out his will and his work in our life. We have to be careful not to exalt human leaders. It's very natural in our flesh to exalt people that we admire, people that we look up to. Look at the world and how they lift up celebrities and sports stars and all sorts of people. Look at, look at how even individuals will lift up people that they know personally, that they admire, and they'll, they'll lift them up and exalt them. It's very natural then for us in our flesh to begin to exalt human leaders, and if not careful will lift them up, not honor them, we will lift them up and exalt them in a place where they should not be. Realize this, human leaders are merely servants of Jesus Christ. Rather, instead of exalting the leaders, we must exalt Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. When we do that, we affirm that the church is God's temple where his spirit dwells. I hope you can see that Paul warned against a wrong view of ministry particularly against the wrong view of church leadership. And can I say this? We need God to help us to remember that leaders are merely servants and that the church must be built with care. The church is God's temple, and it deserves His care. Some will water. Some will plant. Uh, some will reap the increase. But the reality is it's God's church and God's will, God's way in God's time. I hope you understand and have a right view of ministry. I think many people get out of the ministry because they have a wrong view of ministry. Can I say this? There's no greater task to be on than the will of God. Let's fulfill the will of God, and let's remember as we go throughout our week to be a light to others so that through you they may see the glory of God.